Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. I want to talk to you today about building a strong family. And listen, this is the hour where our families need to be built strong. We are not going to be defeated. We're not going to be sidelined. We're not going to be in the background. We're not going to be afraid. We're not going to hunker down and shut the shutters. No, we're going to have strong families with strong convictions. Amen? This is the promise of God. This is the promise of God. We're living in a day and in an age where the families of Christians need to be strong. Amen? So I'm believing in God's promise, not that we would just survive. Not that your teenagers would just survive. I just pray they survive. No, that they thrive. Amen? That your kids are strong. That your young men will prophesy. Your young women will prophesy. I believe that God has his promises that are yea and amen even in this day and this age. Amen? So listen, I don't figure out where I'm at by looking at Yahoo. Or I don't figure out where I'm at by watching the TV or watching Instagram or Facebook. I figure out where I'm at and where God has me by looking into the Word of God. Amen? Amen? His promises are true and amen. And I'm in here. I'm in here. It says, Dear Timothy. But really what it means to say is, Dear Steve. Can you say amen? The Bible says, love, love suffers long. But really what it means to say is, Steve suffers long. I reread my Bible and I put myself right in there. Amen? And the promises of God that he has for me right now is that I would have a strong family. We would have an impact in the earth. So I'm not ready to fold up and, 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 and hunker down and stock up with a bunch of beans and toilet paper, which I don't mean to say they go together, but maybe they do. <laughs> you're not just going to survive, you're going to thrive. These are the last days. God is looking for a special people. Amen? And he wants you and your family to be strong. He wants you and your little ones to be strong. Because the little ones are going to get bigger and bigger and bigger and they're going to be strong. They're going to be mighty. I believe that God has that for us. And so, but, but we have to build strong families. And we have to realize that this is God's promise for us. This is what we are supposed to do. And this is what God will grace us to do. I'm not going to do it alone, but the Holy Spirit is going to help me. He's going to help me. He's right here with me. He's looking for my kids to be strong. My grandchildren to be strong. My marriage to be strong. Can you say Amen. Building a strong family. I want to start with this statement here. I want to read it to you, and I want you to really get it. I want you to receive it. The most important thing you will do in this life is build a strong family with godly values, with Jesus Christ as the foundation, and the Holy Spirit as an active, everyday member of your family. I'm going to say it again. The most important thing you will do in this life is build a strong family with godly values. And with Jesus Christ as the foundation and the Holy Spirit as an active, everyday member of your house. 
The Holy Spirit is right there. He's right there. He's in it with you. He's in it with you. He's sitting down with you, having hot dogs, watching TV, driving in the car. God is not distant someplace. He's there with you. He loves you. He doesn't hate you. He's not judging you. He's not thinking you're, 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 you're a failure. God loves you and he's with you. He knows that you're, you're weak. He knows that you falter. He knows that you fall. He's not afraid of that. He's there in the midst of your family as an everyday member saying, we're going to make this thing be awesome. Amen? It's not just up to you. God is in the middle of this thing. Jesus Christ is the foundation, but your family is not going to have every weird value that the world says it's going to have. You're going to have godly values. You're going to have the values that the Bible teaches us to have. You want to know how we live? Look in here. You know what? want to know what we believe? Look in here. You want to know what a man is? Look in here. You want to know what a woman is? Look in here. What is a woman? What is a marriage? Who are young people? It's through the Bible. It's from one end to the other. And God is not afraid. He's not little. He is the boss. He is the boss. He is so good, so powerful, and so stubborn. He gets his way. He gets his way. You know what's happening now? They're going to do this, and then they're going to do that, and we're just so afraid. Now here come, the, here come these people, those people, and the Russians, and the He's not afraid. He's a good God. He knew that the last days were coming. And he said, in the last days, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. The last verse in the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, he says, I will return the hearts of the sons to their fathers, the hearts of the children to their, to their parents, and I will return the hearts of the parents to their children. The devil is trying to separate and divide. Everybody thinks different. Well, that's not how we were brought up. Well, guess what? God is going to knit our hearts back together. We're going to be a generational family in the house of the Lord. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You're going to have sons and daughters and grandsons and daughters. And you're going to be together as one family, strong. The devil wants to divide. He's working overtime right now to tear families apart, tear marriages apart. He's working overtime to tear young people apart, to screw them up, to tip them upside down so that they don't know what to think or who to believe or what to believe. And we all have to say a certain thing. And we all, even though we, you know, we think the emperor has new clothes, no clothes on, but we can't say it. You can't say anything. We don't know what to believe. But, but guess what? God is saying, no, no. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not with the devil on this. He's trying to tear your children apart. Five years old, eight years old. Trying to teach them all kinds of crazy things. Let me just tell you something, people. We need to be alert like never before. We need to be alert like never before. And we also need to not be afraid. Let me tell you something. Church, we have to get a backbone. We have to get a backbone. Look, I don't know what you believe, but I believe this hate me. <laughs> Not only we're going to hate you, we're going to crucify you. Well, I've heard of that before. 
I still am not afraid. Can you say amen? Listen, this is not a morbid word. I believe that God has great things for you, great things for your kids. You just need to have the faith to walk in it and say, no, no, we're going to have great things. And you know, I think other people are going to look at you and, just, and, and they're going to say, you know what? Those people believe the Bible. I, I think they're right. Somebody needs to believe the Bible so somebody else can say, I think they might be right. Amen. Now, we are living in a new day. This is a different day. Things are weird. You're not losing your mind. No, things are weird. Things have ramped up. And not just since the pandemic, but that's part of it. That there's a lot happening. There is a fear that has covered the earth. There's a, there, there, is a, there is a rumbling of fear that's trying to cover the earth. I don't think we realize just how uh, detrimental fear is to the heart of the human. It's the opposite of faith. It's the opposite of, of, of strength. It's weak. It's worry. It's fearful. It's, it's insecure. It's, it's, it's intimidated. What do we do? Where do we go? What do we say? What do we not say? That is coming on the earth. I'll tell you, I pray it's not on you. It's not on you. Amen. I was going through the grocery store a few weeks ago. I mean, this isn't back March 2020. I'm talking a few weeks ago. I was going through the grocery store, and I noticed this woman walk way around me. And I thought, and then it hit me. She's afraid I might give her some death virus. So I, I felt, felt so bad for her. I started praying for her as I'm getting the chicken salad. Lord, help, help us. Help us, God. We don't even know what we're afraid of. We never used to be afraid of the guy getting chicken salad. Now we think he's going to kill us. Amen? Tell you, Nancy and I, we get on an airplane. We never cease to amaze us how we could sit right in front of the person that always had to cough. <laughs> Turn the fan all the way up. Pointed at that guy. <laughs> now you never hear a cough on an airplane. One cough, you hear the airplane door open up. <laughs> Throw the guy out. That's it. You're going to kill all of us. We're scared to death. But it's the devil's ointment. God's is bold and strong and awake and alert and alive and happy and joyful, peaceful, vision, future. I'm not afraid. And right now, wise pastors are equipping their congregations to think otherwise. To understand that this thing, I, I thank God we're getting into this whole series on virtues. We're, we're going to learn what it means to be a man and a woman. We're, we're going to learn what it means to follow God, to be virtuous, to come back to that place of, of, of civilization. Because we are children of God. Amen? Amen? But the church needs to be equipped. Listen, this is what it means 
to serve God. This is what it means to be a Christian. This is what it means to be gracious, to be understanding, to be kind. This is what it means. Wise pastors right now are equipping their churches to have strong marriages, strong families, strong kids. Your young men, your young women are going to be strong. They're going to go to college. They're going to sit down in front, in front of some flake professor and say, no, nah, I, I think that guy's wrong. <laughs> well, I'm going to stand up here and embarrass you to death. No, you're not. I don't think you're going <laughs> to. I was raised in a house that doesn't go for that stuff. We're not intimidated. I know, and they had a real hard time with my son in college. Because <laughs> my son said, that's actually not what the Bible says. Oh, well, nobody has ever questioned me before. Yeah, because everybody's afraid to say something, but we're not. That's not what the Bible says. Amen. If the family is strong, the church will be strong. But vice versa as well. If the church is strong, the families will be strong. But the church has to be strong. The church has to be strong. We cannot be weak. We cannot be mamby-pamby. We can't be afraid to say anything. We can't eliminate certain parts of the scripture. We don't want to read that. No, no, the church needs to be strong. You need to have a strong word, strong worship. Amen? Strong families make a strong church, and a strong church makes strong families, strong marriages, strong young people. We're believing God for the best. We're not going to be weak. I believe that the devil's plan is to tear families down so that he can tear nations down. A strong nation will have strong families, but the devil wants the nations to crumble. You know, the Bible says that he is the, he is the one who shook the nations. I pray, like Pastor Jordan was praying, I pray for America. I, I believe that God is not going to abandon the country. He's not going to abandon the nation. He's not going to abandon people. He loves people. But the devil knows if you're going to destroy a, a nation, you have to destroy the families. You have to destroy marriages. You have to destroy the kids. It says this in Psalm 127. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior... Now, this imagery here is not accidental. It doesn't say like arrows in the hands of a kind person, a generous person, a gentle person. It says like arrows in the hands of a warrior. Men and women, we're going to have to be warriors in this day and age. We're going to have to be alert. It's time now to war for our families, to war for our marriages. This is talking about children. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them, for they will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies at the gate. You know, the devil wants to put your family to shame. He wants to put your kids to shame. He wants to screw up their thinking, screw up their minds, screw up their futures, and put your family to shame, tear it apart. He wants to put your marriage to shame. Your legacy to shame. Your name to shame. That's the devil's desire. But God says, no, like arrows in the hands of a warrior, our children in my quiver. We will contend with the gate. I mean, with the enemy at the gate. We're going to contend with the, you're not even going to get in here. We're going to go right to the gate. And, and guess what? We're the boss. You're not getting in here. You're not getting in here. 
Not, not just me, but me and my sons and my kids and my children. We're standing at the gate. You're not going to get in. Can you imagine if somebody came to your front door, knocked on the front door, and you go to the front door and you open it up and there's kind of a weird guy standing there, looks a little weird, smells a little weird, has look like weird eyes. And he says, I'd like to talk to your daughter. Who are you? You want to talk to my daughter? Who are you? Uh, I, I, I'm a demon. I'm dressed up as TikTok. I'm a demon. I'm dressed up as social media. I'm a demon. I'm dressed up as a video game. I'm a demon. I'm dressed up, I'm dressed up as music. I'm a demon. I'm dressed up as a rap song. I'm dressed up as hip-hop or whatever. And I'm not against music. I love music. I think music is from God. But the devil knows you want to enter in, you got to dress up. you got to dress up. At the gate, I'm going to contend against this thing. As for what's coming into my house and into my daughter and into my kids and into this realm, I'm going to contend for it. I'm not a dope. I'm not a dope. This stuff is dressed up as a demon. I still know what it is from the pit of hell. And I pull up to a red light and, I, and all of a sudden this car pulls up next to me. And I put the window down a little bit. Let me hear what's going on over there. You know, and I hear, shoot you with my gun. I'll shoot you in the face. I'll shoot you in the back. I'll shoot you in the beard. you shoot you in the shot. Put your cap in your... I'm thinking, oh man, don't get no road rage thing with that guy. He's programmed, ready to go. Probably has a nine under his seat. Come out of that thing, you know, shooting the thing sideways at everybody. No. You think that stuff pouring into that generation isn't having an effect of violence? Brutality, hatred against one another, this great division. No, but, but I believe that there is a pillar in the, in the world. It is the house of God. There is a pillar of truth. There is a pillar of light in the world, and it is the house of God. Now, some of you guys that have that music, let me just, let me just give you a little bit of pastoral counsel. Get rid of it. There's so much good music out there. I mean, there's good rap stuff. There's good hip-hop stuff, too. But you just got to get some stuff that is not demonic. Can you say amen? I mean, I've listened to some jazz that's demonic. I love jazz. But, but I, I have to check my spirit and say, God, is this, is this okay? Can you say amen? Can I tell you something? There's stuff on TV at 7 o'clock at night that's demonic. It's demonic. I'm watching some normal thing with my grandchildren. A commercial comes on, and my wife is like, Steve! And I'm like, I'm grabbing the clicker. I'm throwing pillows on my kids, my grandkids' eyes. Papa, how come those two men were kissing? Seven o'clock, watch cartoons. 
commercial comes on. Let me tell you something. I'm going to contend with the enemy at the gate. At the gate. Can you say amen? Can we agree on these three things? Number one, you are responsible for your house. Let's agree. You're responsible. No excuses. It's not because of the time we're living in or never used to be like this or the economy is so bad or your kids have phones or whatever. You are responsible for your house. Amen? Everybody say, I'm on. I'm it. Amen? Wives, mama bears, you're on. Dads, you are not checked out. You're on. No excuses. You're responsible for your house. Here's the good news. If you're responsible, you can do it. You can change it. If it's bad, you can change it. As I know God is going to equip me because he, he's making me responsible for this place. I know God is going to equip me. And, 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 and it is spiritual. God will engage in this thing. Number two, you're capable with God's help. You are smart. You are able. You can outsmart your kids. You're smarter than them. You used to be them. Amen? So you know where they're going with this. I'll get over there before they even get there. I am smart. I am resourceful. I am relentless. I am relentless. You, you see, your kids are relentless. you got to be relentless. You're capable of doing it. You cannot be lazy on the job. You're on. You're it. You're capable. No excuses. And then number three, you have everything you need. There's nothing more that you need. You don't need more education. You don't need more books. You don't need more counseling sessions. You have everything you need. But my, my father, you know how bad my father was. Okay, you had a bad father. You, now you know everything to not do. You're on. You got everything you need. You don't know how bad my mother was. Okay, now you know everything to not do. Amen? You have everything you need. Some of you guys really know what not to do. So you're on. You know, when Moses was getting ready to die, his, his time was over on the earth. He was getting ready to die. And he says this thing to the Israelites, I'm going to teach you. And he teaches them about their families. The one thing God wanted to download through Moses to the Israelites was about their families. He says this in chapter 6 and verse 1. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you. What's so awesome about God is he gives Israel a teacher. Moses is the teacher. Moses stands before the people and he says, God has given me this to teach you. Can I tell you something? Thank God for the church. Thank God that we're able to come in here, sit down, and have teachers speak a word of God over us. Today I speak a word of God over you. Today I am teaching you what God told me. Get in there and tell them this. Next week we're going to launch into a series and, and our Moses... Our modern-day teacher is going to stand before us and start to put into us the things that God has given him to say to us. I thank God for the church. I thank God we're taught. You know, when we come in here, we worship. Things fall off. Amen? Barnacles, little things, little soiled spots, little weird things fall off in worship. And then during the Word... The, the, the sword of the Spirit comes out and starts to carve off of us these big chunks that need to be delivered off of our lives. I thank God for the Word of God. So Moses is standing in front of the Israelites, and he says, I'm about to teach you 
what it is God's given me to say, to observe in the land that you're crossing to the Jordan to possess, so that you, three generations here, you, your children, and their children. God cares about your kids and the kids that are coming. Now, it wasn't until I actually had grandchildren that I, I could see it from that perspective. When I look at my grandchildren now, I thank God that everything I worked hard to put into my children, now I see in my grandchildren. You don't realize, but in your marriage today, what you're putting into your marriage today is going to end up in your grandchildren. See, and, and, and if what you're putting in is rotten and terrible and divisive and, and chaotic and, and dysfunctional and weird and, and, and addicted, and, uh, that's going to end up in your grandchildren. I know you don't want that to happen, but, but the Bible says that that will visit the next generation. We need to say, no, I'm going to stop it here. Listen, I don't care if you're here and you're 70 years old. Today is a new day. Today is a new day. If I'm speaking to a grandpa or a grandma and you're here, today is a new day. You can be an old gray-haired person in your family that is the patriarch, the matriarch, and God will bless that thing. Listen, God is able to take care of the past and tell us, okay, from here on, we're going to march forward. God is able to do that. It's not too late. It's not too late. But, Pastor, you don't realize my kids... I, I, I screwed him up. I screwed up my marriage. I screwed up my finances. I screwed everything. But you know what? Now God's in charge. Let's give that to God. Let's move forward from here and see what God can do. Can I tell you something? We hear one restoration story after another in this church. People will come up to us at the altar and they will tell us their restoration story. This is what happened. We got divorced. Our family was split up. But God did a miracle. And they'll start to tell us about the miracle. And it is amazing what God can do. It's not too late. It's not too late. Can you say amen? amen. You, your children, and their children... After them, may fear the Lord your God as long as they live by keeping all of his decrees and commands that I give you. I'll tell you, we don't have enough time to talk about obedience, but there is such a thing as obedience. There is such a thing as listening to God, hearing from the Lord, obeying God. And if you do, all the commands and the decrees that I give you today, the laws that I've given you to live by today, so that, here's the reason, so that you may live and enjoy a long life. God wants you to have a long life. That, that really means abundant. That word long is, is deep. It's not just long, it's, but it's wide and it's deep. It's, it's, it's a fulfilled life. God says, listen, listen to me. Obey my laws and my commands. Follow me. As the Holy Spirit leads us, as an everyday member of our families, as I put this stuff into you, walk in them and you will live and your children and their children will live an abundant life. This is a promise of God for you. Can you say amen? It's a promise of God for you. You can live a long, awesome life. It doesn't have to be chaotic and upside down and broken and busted and, and split in a million different directions and, and, and broke and poverty stricken and crazy. Amen? Pastor, I've lived a life as an animal and now I have little cubs. Animal cubs. No, God has something more for you than that. Amen? 
Don't get me going about your kids. These commands that I give you today in verse 6 are to be upon your hearts. In other words, it has to be authentic. Your Christianity has to be authentic. It doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean you do everything right because you don't. God knows that. But let the laws and the ways of God, the principles of God be on your hearts. Let them be in you. You practice them. You're not ashamed of them. Impress them on your children. This is, this is the conscious part of what it is we have to do as, a, as raising a strong family. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home. Don't not talk about them. And when you walk along the road, I pray you do walk along the road with your kids. When you lie down and when you get up, verse 8, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses so that it's in practice. It's on my hands. It's in my mind. It's on our heads. It's in my conversation. It's on the fridge. You know, we've got scripture verses in the house. That's an awesome thing. You've got a Bible on the coffee table. It's an awesome thing. You have Bible stories in the children's rooms. It's an awesome thing. This is who you are. God sees it. God loves it. God anoints it. God blesses it. God is imploring us to practice the ways of God. You know, I believe that every single thing in you as a human being is first given to you that you can raise a strong family. All of your personality, all of your way you think, if you're analytical or you're creative or you're hard worker or you're punctual or whatever it is you are, you're very organized, all of those gifts are given to you first to raise a strong family. It's who you really are to raise a strong family. Now, can you use it in the world? You know, you're a great salesperson. That's awesome. That's awesome because God will bless that thing. But first, God has given you that ability to be charismatic or a speaker or whatever it is, not to sell Mercedes, but to actually speak to your kids. I don't care how many cars you sell. If you can't talk to your kids, you, you have violated and neglected the very thing God has given you to raise a strong family. Can you say amen? Has he made you a caring person? You know, when I broke my neck, I met the most caring people in the world, the nurses. were so awesome there. I, I asked them if they could please come to our church and talk to our greeters, you know. <laughs> so you gotta, you got to help us. These people were so caring. But are you caring? Because God first says, you're going to use that to raise a strong family. Everything you've been given first and foremost is to raise a strong family with. Can you say Amen. I want to give you four basics that you must have if you're going to raise a strong family. Number one, you must have this basic. You, you're going to have to work. You're going to have to work at it. It's not going to come easy. You are going to have to work. It will take energy. Energy of your mind, energy of your emotions, energy with your body. You're going to have to save some energy to work on your family. If you come home and you're wasted and you're spent and you worked, I, you don't know how many cars I had to sell, you don't know how many people I had to talk to, I just need to sit down. Nope, you're on. You're it. Amen? you got to save some energy because for the most important thing you're going to do is walk into that through those doors and speak to the most important people in the world, your family. Save some energy for them. They're the most important people. I'd rather see you go to work and slump in the chair and say, I can't do another thing. I had to talk to my kids all night. I had to go for a walk on the road and tell them about the things of God. I'm so tired now. I'd rather see you do that. It's going to take some work. 
you got to energize yourself. You're pulling up to the driveway, get yourself in gear. It's time. You're on, Dad. You're on, Mom. It's time for you to energize yourself. I remember I used to sit in the driveway sometimes and have to breathe, you know, because I'm on. Guess what? I am going to be the party. When I walk through the door, hey, Dad's home. You don't want the kids to say, oh, Dad's home. Run. No, you, you, you can't mail it in. You're going to have to work. It's going to take work. Moms, you know how much work it is. Listen, if you're with your toddler in the grocery store and you tell him, Johnny, you do that one more time, we're going home. If he does it one more time, you got to go home. You got to go home. <laughs> Listen, if you don't go home, Johnny knows. Oh, okay. You're fibbing. You really don't have to go home. You really have to go to the tailors, and then you got to go to this, and then you got to go over here, and then you got to go. I know, we're kind of on this loop. We've been here before. <laughs> You're not going home. I can do it again and again and again and again. Sometimes we hear pe people say crazy things to their kids, like, if you do that again, we're not going to Disney, you know? And the kids are like, sure. <laughs> not going to Disney. Yeah, you get the plane tickets. You got everything. Everything's all set. You've been planning this thing for six months. Sure. Sure. You know, in that case, your kids are smarter than you. You are dumber than them. You know why your kids outsmart you? Because they're thinking about being a kid all day long. You're not thinking about being a, pa a parent as much as they're thinking about being a kid. You know? You, you, you just got to outwork them. You got to outwork them. I know sometimes I'd be driving home and my kids it would start to tor torture me. They, they, it worked on their mom, so they're going to try it on their dad. And they would, they would be in the back seat. They'd be going, McDonald's, 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 McDonald's. So we're not going to McDonald's. McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's. I said, all right, you're going to torture me, huh? Is this how it's going to work? So I said, hmm, all right. I said, is McDonald's, is this driveway right here? Yes, yes, right there. That's the, that's the driveway. Pull in there. Yes, pull in. That's the drive-up window. Yeah, pull in. Oh, I missed the driveway. I said, maybe I can turn around. Yes, turn around up there. I almost, oh, oh, I missed that. I missed that one. Oh, Dad, you missed that one, too. Oh, I said, how about Dunkin' Donuts? Yes, we'll go to Dunkin' Donuts. Is that the driveway? Yes, that's the driveway right there. Yes, it. Oh, I missed that driveway. Dad, you missed the driveway. What are, you, what are you doing, Dad? I'm torturing you. I thought that's what we were doing. You're torturing me, I'm torturing you. <laughs> Welcome to your dad's world. It's different than your mom's world. She's the caring one. I'm the other one. <laughs> I kind of got a little bit of pleasure out of that. <laughs> hey, listen, if you're a taxi for your kids, enjoy it. When your kids need something from you, you get the upper hand a little bit. They become very friendly when they need a ride somewhere. Okay, I can work with that. Okay, you're gonna be friendly, hop in the car. Where, where, do you, where are we going, what time are we supposed to be there? I have you now for 15 minutes as I'm taking you there. I'm not gonna complain about being the taxi driver, I'm gonna use it as a, as a parent who knows this is time where I gotta got work on this thing. I'm on, amen? I'm working, I'm working. Your kids will open up when you're in the car. 
Can I tell you something that you need to do? Shut the radio off. Whatever is coming into the car, shut your phone off. Shut everything off. But they won't say anything. Let them not say anything. It, it only lasts a few minutes, and then they do say something. But you've got you to create the environment. If I'm a taxi driver and my teenagers are there, thank God. Thank God, because I'm at work. I'm working on this thing. I'm building a strong family. I got you as a captive audience now because you need me. I have the car keys. Amen? Vacations are work. After I go on vacation, I need a vacation. But they're work. Listen, I got to move along. Number two, you got to think. You got to work and you got to think. You're not a dope. You're not stupid. You got to think. You got to engage your mind, your brain power. Children need structure. They need a stable, stable home. You should create a, an environment where they know it's a stable place. I got to work. I want to keep it clean. I want to keep it somewhat organized. Somewhat. I want to plan meals when we can. See, I have to think on this thing. I got to teach manners. I got to calm the house down before we go to bed at night. I mean, I got to think because, because I'm working on this thing. I'm going to build a family. You got to have rules. I got to think. We have to have rules. Because if you don't have rules in your house, your kids are going to be unruly. Get it? No rules, unruly. And what happens is the child becomes an adult and they don't know discipline, they don't know order, they don't know you know, when to show up or what to do or how to act or how to be nice or how to be kind or how to be respectful because they weren't taught in an unruly house. There was no barriers. There was no boundaries. And now all of a sudden they, they can't keep a job and they can't keep a marriage and they can't keep a... You wonder why. And, you know, it's so funny. When you send these kids like they're like wild animals to, to, the, to the military, they come out of the military and they're like, what happened? They actually had some discipline there. They got some rules there. In fact, when you're going to get ready to hire somebody and they say, this person has a military background, you're like, no kidding. It means something. But I pray they don't have to go in the military. They could be raised in your house. You do have some rules. You did teach them manners. Let me take a few more minutes if I could, please. Never compare them to anyone else. Use your head. Never compare them. Never compare. You know, people compare things all the time, you know. Like our marriage, our marriage is nothing like Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I see them on the red carpet. She loves him. He so adores her. He's so dressed up. He's so cool. She's so beautiful. When I see a marriage like Amber Heard and Johnny Depp, I, why can't you be like that? You'll never have a marriage as good as Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. <laughs> wink, wink. Guess what? Don't compare. Just work on the thing. Just work on the thing. Never compare your kids. Never overpower them physically. If they don't come along, it's because you haven't disciplined them properly. You can't just jerk them along. It overpowers them physically, and then they understand, okay, the stronger one gets to overpower the weaker one physically. You have to teach them respect by showing them respect. You have to live respect. If you're going to blow your cork and scream bloody murder so that your blood vessels in your forehead break, 
they're going to know how to deal with anger when they blow their cap. You got to teach them. I'm not saying, moms, you can't yell because that would almost be impossible. <laughs> I'm not going to give you the miracle that you have to do, but you can't blow your head off and think your kids aren't going to. Never speak a curse over their lives. I wish you were never born. Never speak a curse over their lives. You got to say things like, you're the nicest person I've ever met. I used to tell my little boy, I used to say, you are a good, good boy. Why did you do that? My daughter, you're a good, good girl. Why did you do that? Start off by proclaiming over them who they are, what they are. I was in the daycare one time. And uh, they, they were showing me the classrooms and stuff, and they had this one little boy waiting out front. There's Johnny. He's waiting for his mom and dad to come. He was bad, they said to me. His parents have got to come pick him up. So I walked over to him. I said, Johnny, I said, I heard you were the best boy in the whole daycare. And he looks up at me like this. He says, my father says I'm like Satan. <laughs> Your father said that? Is he coming soon? Because I'd like to choke, I talk to him. I'd like to just have a word with your dad. What do you say to somebody like that? What do you say to somebody like that? Number three, just quickly, you guys come up. You gotta listen. Parents do all the talking. Talk, 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 talk. Correct, 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 correct. Instruct, 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 instruct. And some parents are overboard, overboard, doing all the talking. Your kids are never going to open up and actually tell you what's in their hearts. They're never going to feel comfortable to tell you anything. You can tell your kids, you can tell me anything. The only thing is, you're going to get three words out, and I'm going to jump in, and I'm going to correct you on that. No, Johnny can say that all. Johnny is a kook. He's a crazy. That's not true. Or worse. Your insecurities start to come out. You know what I used to be when I was your age? You know who I used to You know what we used to do? You know what, you know what, you know what job I had? You know what? Who cares? Shut up. <laughs> Let your son talk. Let your daughter talk. And then when they're done talking, don't say anything. Or ask a question. What else did Johnny say? And when they tell you something shocking, don't look shocked. Because it'll shut them down for, for them to ever say the rest of what Johnny said. But if you want to be a counselor in their lives, you're going to be wise and listen. And I would say to myself, I'm not going to deal with this right now because he'll connect the dots. I'm going to wait two days, three days. I'm going to revisit this thing and let him know with no doubt Johnny's an idiot. <laughs> but I'm going to do it on my terms when he doesn't connect this. I've got to wait for him to finish everything that's in his heart and, and be able to relate to him. That's what dialogue really is from a dad to your children. You've got to be able to listen. Then finally, I'm going to finish here. You've got to honor God. Honor his house. Honor his word. Honor the Lord. You know, the most important things your kids will ever see you do is serve God. You are a servant of the Lord. you got to serve. Find some place in the ministry, in the church, 
we aren't lives, some area where you're on. You can't get out of it. I have to go. We have to go. We got to be on time. I got to get there. Why? Because I'm a servant. I need to be there. And as you stretch out for God, God will bless your house. If you put your hand on God's house, he'll put his hand on your house. If you put your hand out to his kids, he'll put his hand out to your kids. This is true. Church, take it to the bank. As you serve God, something spiritual happens to your children. They know this thing is real. This is authentic. He knows you're not perfect. Your children, she knows you're not perfect. But, but it's real. Their Christianity is real. They're honoring the Lord with their lives, serving God. When I was growing up as a child, the thing that kind of convinced me more than anything else that God wasn't real was the way I saw people respond to the things of God. They, 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 just, they just did church. They just came on Sunday, left on Sunday, came on Sunday, left on Sunday, came on... I said, God can't be real. <laughs> you mean to tell me we die, go to heaven, live there forever? Trillions and trillions of years. Streets of gold, paradise, angels, power. And we just come to church and go home. That's our... If, if, if I thought that I was going to live forever in paradise, with God, who knows everything, all-powerful, spoke the universe into existence with his voice, I'd be doing backflips down the church aisle. I would be worshiping like I was crazy. I would, be, I would be shouting out to God. I'd be connecting with, this whole thing would be really real to me. My Christianity would be authentic if I thought God was that real. But as a young man, 15 years old, 16 years old, I looked around the church. I said, it can't be real. These people are just way, way too subdued for them to think they're going to live forever. They're serving a God who knows all of their thoughts, who's omniscient, omnipotent, created the worlds with a voice. So I left the Lord. I walked away. Years later, God began to speak to me all by himself. God says, son, am I real or am I not? You need to think about this. Is this all there is or is there more? You need to think about this. Is there a heaven? Is there a hell? Or is there nothing? You need, you need to think about this. And God began to speak to me. All of a sudden, I had to decide. Look, I don't know what those other people thought or why they were going to church and, and, and never really serving God, honoring God with their life. I don't know about that. I just need to figure this thing out for me. And as you begin to turn your... And that's why people might say, boy, you know, you're, you're kind of radical when it comes to this whole God thing. Not really. Not really. I think when we get to heaven, we see how the angels are. We're going to say, man, we were... We were Way not radical for God. <laughs> when we hear the angels shout, the Bible says they were blowing thousands of trumpets. When we hear the angels on their trumpets and on their musical instruments worshiping God, that's when we're going to say we were way, way too subdued in church. I hope we didn't communicate with our subdued lives to our children. God's not really real. Honor God 
with your life. Serve him with all that you got. Be radical for the Lord and see if God's hand doesn't come on your children and give you a strong, strong family. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.